Our Holy Gospel for this fourth Sunday in Advent comes to us from the third chapter of the Gospel of Luke. In that 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Iteria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, that as it is written in the book of the prophet Isaiah, that the, for, the voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. And he said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warns you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees, that every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, what then shall we do? And he answered them, Whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what shall we do? And he said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation and be content with your wages. That as the people were in expectation and were all questioning in their very hearts concerning John whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie that he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So I wish to each of you this day a merry fourth Sunday in Advent to you today. So that I know, I know that it is almost here. I know that later today it is that very Christmas Eve. But John, John has a message for us today, that as we rush about, as we find ourselves filled with many worries, many concerns, many things that need to be done, or many things that are on our mind, that God comes and desires for us to hear His voice. See, as we start to think about the very situation, not only that John and his people found themselves in, but what we find ourselves in today. So I can't help but think the story of a young 13-year-old boy, a man by the name of Nadin Corey. So Nadin, at about 13 years old, was barely over five foot and maybe a hundred pounds. 
swooped in came from a worn, torn country of Liberia. He and his mother had moved here to the United States to escape from all of the pains, all of the problems, all of the issues that they were running from. And yet, they could not run far enough. This young man who did not have a great grasp of the language, who did not have all of those things, found himself soon enough gathered around by five bullies who would for a half an hour beat and kick and harass him, dragging him through the snow and even hanging him upon a fence. This was something that he had to begin to worry, was not just going to be a one-time thing, but is this going to be my reality now? Good news for him was one of the bullies was dumb enough to go ahead and record the whole incident and then post it on social media. That sometimes helps the police be able to put some of these things to their conclusion. But the story of Nadin and all that had happened, that it's someone on a nationally televised show had gotten wind of what had happened and now invited Nadin and his family there to that very television show to tell their story. What Nadin did not know was that the show had also invited three of the Philadelphia Eagles football team players to join him there on that show together. And there in front of a nationally televised audience, all pro receiver, Deshaun Jackson personally wrote down his cell phone number and handed it to him saying, if you ever have problems again with bullies, you call me. I don't think that there's many of us that have that kind of offer in this world. But just imagine the kind of impact that that had for that young and traumatized boy. But the fact is, is that we live in a world a, worried, a world filled not just with bullies that have been left in our past because we are past those junior high age, but we live in a world that has its fair share of bullies of sin and shame, guilt and blame. That we live in that world of that very constant voice telling us of all of those things that we have done wrong. That that voice of the father of all lies, that big bully himself, who Satan who tries to push us around and try to rub in our face everything that we have ever done wrong or all of the ways that we don't measure up. And we live in the midst of those very things, those things that threaten to destroy, threaten to harass, threaten to ruin the peace of our lives. And that's why too often we find ourselves running and running some more as we run afraid from that shame, that guilt, that pain, that burden, that sin, and all of those things that are rubbed in our face. But that is why God sent a messenger by the name of John. 
then how does Luke put it today? That in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, Philip tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, Lysanias tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the Word of God came. Did you hear it? Luke lists all of those big bullies of the world who had been pushing Israel around in all of their ways. That I don't know if you know this or not, most of these men did not come to their positions of power and authority by their niceness. They did not come to them by their kindness or keep these positions because of it, but they knew how to push people around. The people of Israel longed and yearned and cried out to the God of their very life to come to deliver them from the very things that pushed them around and shoved them down, and now comes that word of God. Above all of the noise, above all of the chaos, above all of the things of life that call for their attention in the midst of all of their fears that makes them want to run away from it all, came one, preaching a message of hope, a message of repentance, a message of forgiveness, a message that there was a Savior who was coming to them. These were people that were used to running from, but today they run to. They run to the wilderness where that Word of God could be proclaimed. Now, what does Luke include today? That here comes that voice crying in the wilderness And through that very voice that all flesh shall see the salvation of our God. All flesh, all people, that this is for everyone. Everyone who is running from the problems that no one else understands, running from bad feelings or bad memories or running from bad breaks and bad relationships, people who are running from their past, comes now that message of to everyone who has ever lived under the power of those bullies of Herod and Caesar and Pilate and so many others, for come and see that this very salvation is here. I mean, isn't that what Luke proclaims the rest of his gospel? That what will we sing tonight? But that on that very night that the shepherd shall see the very salvation of God. Or Simeon, just a few weeks thereafter, after that child was laid in a manger, he was brought to the temple, and what did that old man Simeon sing? That my eyes have seen the salvation of my God. That throughout the gospel of Luke, we will see 
fishermen and tax collectors and soldiers and sinners and all flesh coming to see a salvation that had come to them, even a young, a small man by the name of Zacchaeus up in a sycamore tree that Jesus calls down and says, today salvation has come to this house. That John comes and brings that very hope of one who comes to bring that very joy, that very hope, that very peace. That where Christ is, that we have victory and hope. But too often we listen to those other voices. We listen to those bullies that shove us around. We listen to that voice of the one who would call us back to see our sin and our shame, our guilt and our blame, the one who too often leaves us running to all the wrong places. Running to food or drink, running to our own works of salvation, or running to all sorts of other places. But what is it that John comes and proclaims to us today? Repent. Repent and turn. Stop your running away and start running to Him who has come. Repent and be baptized. I don't know if you knew this or not. The Jewish people had been having baptisms, washings, for centuries before John. That not only did they come to the temple and do their very baptisms, their washings, their preparations, but also so did those Gentiles who came to the faith. So what made John's baptism different? that John's baptism was not a self-washing. Just like our salvation is not a self-doing, a self-accomplishing, that John says that we are saved by grace, but not simply by a grace that just brushes aside, but a grace of God, that amazing grace that He comes down and does in our life what is needed. That there is no sort of self-accomplishing, self-salvation, self-baptizing. Someone must come into our lives and do for us what we are unable to do. That Jesus, our Savior, is that very one that John continued to point to, that he said that I am not even worthy enough to stoop down and untie his shoes. That Christ has come. He has come to be the one who fights our battles, who wins that victory. He is the one who went into that wilderness and three times defeated Satan, that He is the one who came and fought for us and died for us on that cross. In a world of noise, in a world of chaos, in a world that is probably calling out for all of your attention, God comes to speak to you today. Then the world that, as I think one movie puts it, 
You couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin factory. Sometimes it's hard for us to hear all of those things above the chaos of the world. But our God comes to us in His Word today to proclaim that very one who has won the victory for us, that Christ comes to fight for you. Christ comes to die for you, to live for you, to reign for you, to bring you to Him. That I have to confess that one of my favorite Christmas songs is that one that proclaims, Lord, I cannot rise to Thee, but He must descend to me. And that, that is the joy that comes to us on this fourth Sunday of Advent. That is that joy that comes to us at Christmas, that Christ has come, that He has come to bring that very Word, not only through people like John and others, but He has come to enter our lives, that, he may, that we may hear that very promise that forgiveness of our sins, that washing of our sin and blame, that we have one who has won the victory for us. For how does God's Word put it? 1 Samuel chapter 17, 47 says this, the battle belongs to the Lord. And thank God for that. Amen. If you would please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You for all that You have done for us, and we pray that You would continue to allow Your Word to speak mightily into our lives. In the midst of the fears and worries and concerns of life, we pray that You would bring Your peace, Your gifts, Your very grace that is found in Christ, that we cannot win this battle, but You have already won the war. May you give us that very hope and promise, and may we continue to join with John and others as we proclaim the salvation that we have all because of you. It's in your Son's name that we pray. Amen.